Thank you for listening to this message from Faith Builders. Pastors Philip and Michelle Still are dedicated to building your faith and framing your world by the Word of God. There are many more resources available on our website, www.buildfaith.net, where you can find links to our audio and video archives. We also invite you to join us online for our live stream services. Remember to build your faith and frame your world by the Word of God. Let's go over to the book of John chapter 3. And uh, we had begun a new series uh, a week ago entitled The Position of Prayer. And uh, of course, with us traveling back and to uh, from uh, here to Little Rock and Little Rock to here, uh, the Lord will give me series and so we'll preach one there and preach one here. So uh, you should behoove yourself to uh, go on the Roku channel or the YouTube channel and, and uh, catch the, uh, the, the sermon previous, obviously because we build on, on each uh, message that's preached. Uh, praise God. And uh, we'll, I think this Wednesday we'll be on part 16 of Let Us Draw Near. And uh, I had my sound guy in Little Rock, I gave him the title uh, the other week, and he said, uh, uh, is this the longest series you've ever preached? And I said, well, I got one of 22 weeks. So uh, uh, we'll see. Uh, praise God. But God's good. Hallelujah. It seems, John Wesley said, that God can do nothing unless somebody prays. And, you know, very often when we talk about prayer, I know there's different ways, different reasons for prayer. I mean, very often we focus on, uh, you know, uh, different types of prayer, seven steps to answered prayer, uh, five steps to prayer that gets results. And we certainly should do that, and, and that's important. But when it comes to a church and it comes to a, a body of believers, there has to be this understanding that prayer is the engine. Prayer is, 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 is the force that moves that body into what God wants them to do. Because you have to understand, Brother Hagin made this statement. He said the church has to give birth to whatever the Holy Spirit wants to do in the earth. All right, whatever the Holy Spirit wants to do in the earth, the church has to give birth to it. And, you know, in, in the season that we're in, it's, it's, it, you know, it's, it's very easy to, uh, uh, I, I talked about before I took the offering that I've, I've been uh, on purpose, been quiet about things because there's things I don't want to focus on. Uh, I've, I've never been the kind of person, the preach, pastor that will get up and talk about people who aren't in church. Because you're here, right? And so here, here's what I'm saying. That's, we have the live stream. We have the ability for people to be at home when they need to and still get the word of God. So praise God for it. I'm grateful. But here's, here's the point that I, that I want you to understand is that uh, very often in the season that we're in, you can get off the main thing and get focused on the wrong thing. If, if God's going to do what He wants to do in the earth, the church has to birth it through prayer. Because understand something. Everything that God wants to do is in the spirit realm. It's in the realm of the spirit. 
It takes somebody praying to get it into the earth. Because God does nothing just of his own volition. Especially where mankind is concerned. God doesn't heal anybody just because he's a healer. He heals because somebody believed him. And what happened? That belief, that faith brought that healing from the realm where it was, realm of the word, realm of the spirit, however you want to put it, and brought it into that life. God doesn't bless anybody just because he can. He blesses people that believe. Because it's there, it's available, it belongs to us, but I have to birth it. Amen. So when you, when you look at this, hallelujah, there are things that God desires for us to see and be a part of, but they have to be prayed out by the body. They have to be prayed out by the church, not just by the pastor, not just by select people, but by the body. All right? Because you can get a direction where that body needs to go, what that body needs to flow in, and then that body has to take... I said this some years ago, and, and, and it was this. You should take your prayer cues from your pastor. Amen. When your pastor's preaching on something and makes a statement, this is where God's taking us, then I write that down, and that becomes a prayer cue for me. Then I go home, and in my prayer time, I'm praying that. It's not just in corporate prayer, although that's vital. Hallelujah. And so when, 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 when people come up to me and they tell me, well, Pastor, I'm praying for you. Well, what are you praying? <laughs> I mean, I know it's good. I know it's good stuff. But we have prayer cues that we should be picking up on. Can you say amen? amen. And as the church prays, we birth into our city, our state, our nation, our world, what God desires to do. Because it exists in the spirit, but we got to bring it into this realm. Hallelujah. The wave or the move of God in the earth today, hear me, is not the product of intercessors today, but yesterday. Intercessors, people praying today will keep the wave going. All right? It's what was prayed out. There are things that we're walking in right now that we prayed out 25 years ago. But the thing that God's revealing more and more to my wife is that we're, we're entering into this place where we're praying some other things out. All right? And so even though the gears clicked in what we prayed out and everything was, was rolling and flowing, there, there are things, and, and very often... What happens in a church is people will start saying, well, there's a lot of change going on. There's a move of the Spirit going on. That's, that's, that, and, and that's what, and, and I say this, and it's the only way I know to say it, that's how people that are not spiritually minded view it. Well, there's change over here and change over here and change over here and change over here. No, there's, there's, there's change, but it's spiritual movement. It's things that have to be done because they're being prayed out. Amen. 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 If, 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 do, do you see this? Because I've said for years that prayer is the lungs of the Christian life. But I'm learning something even more and more. That prayer is the womb of the Spirit. 
And, and when you begin to pray, you begin to birth things into the earth. And, and the church begins to birth things into the earth. Hallelujah. Because it's, it exists in the spirit realm, but we have to bring it into this realm. We have to bring it into this realm. In John chapter 3, verse 5, Jesus said, Truly, truly, I say to you, except a man be born of water and of the Spirit, he cannot enter the kingdom of God. Now this is important, and this is not what we're going to teach on, but just for the sake of explanation, Jesus said, of the water and of the Spirit. Well, you've got to be a natural born man, born of the water, all right, in order to receive the Spirit of God. To be born again, I've got to have a right to be here. So I have to be born of the water and of the Spirit to enter into the kingdom of God. Not into the kingdom of heaven, not, or excuse me, not into heaven, into the kingdom of God. God's way of doing, God's system. And then he says this, For that which is born of the flesh is flesh. Now here's the thing. So we've got a lot of ministries, we've got a lot of churches that have a lot of flesh. All right? And, and I'm, I'm not being critical, I'm, I'm not being harsh, I'm just saying that, that there are things that are of the flesh that can be appealing, that can be, uh, they can be uh, entertaining, they can be, uh, how do I want to say it, they can be enjoyable, but it's still born of the flesh. All right? Uh, we, 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 sang, we sang a couple songs today, uh, uh, the, the song about the high priest, and then his name's wonderful. Hallelujah. So we're singing to him and not about him. Right? Hallelujah. See, those, those were songs that came out of the spirit, not out of the flesh. Singers in church aren't entertainers. They're ministers of praise and worship. Right? Now, I'm saying this for a reason. And so, there are things that you can birth into a body that are just of the flesh. They're just flesh. They're just entertainment. Hallelujah. Well, we want to appeal to this certain group or this... Okay, I understand that, and I'm all about updating and doing things with quality and excellence, but here's the thing. How does that affect us spiritually? What does that do to us spiritually? How how are you going to be equipped once you leave that gathering? What equipment are you carrying out with you to fulfill what God has asked you to do? Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Do you see that? And, and, and you, you go in sometimes and, and you hear different things. You know, you, and, and I'm not running down anybody's music, but you hear songs about, you know, how needy I am, how hurt I am, how empty I am, how far away I am from you. Hold me in your arms. Hold me in your arms. Hold me in your arms. And the Bible is totally adverse to all of that. You are not far away from God. The Bible says, don't say in your heart, I got to descend to bring him up or ascend to bring him down. What saith the word? The word of God is nigh you even in your heart. 
and in your mouth that is the word of faith that we preach the Bible says that Christ is in you and you are in him you can't get any closer to anybody than being in them and them being in you you are one with Christ one with the Father and one with the Holy Spirit And so something is birthed, but it's a fleshly something. Hallelujah. Do you see this? I feel so far from you, Lord. That's flesh. Hallelujah. And then people will say things. What's wrong with the people nowadays? They're living... On a diet of flesh. And you cannot spiritually produce or spiritually reproduce living on flesh. Amen. Say say, say it out loud. What's born of the flesh is flesh. And what's born of the spirit is spirit. Hallelujah. See, it, it depends. And, and, and what we do is we, we get over into this mode of thinking. Y'all all right with this? Yeah. We get over in this mode of thinking. And hear me when I say this. And, and let me finish. So don't, don't shout me down before I'm done. People will say this. Well, you know, older was better. Not necessarily. Things are not good just because they were old. I mean, I got proof for you. If you get in the refrigerator to get a piece of cheese and it's old and moldy, it's not good. I mean, it's old, but it's not good. Right? I mean, we grew up singing songs like, you know, here I wander like a beggar through the heat and the cold. Bend over and poorly shot. Oh, we sang them though. We sang them growing up in church. We sang them. And people shouted about them. I mean, they did the Pentecostal twirl. And shouted about it. But it was unbelief gone to seed. Amen. Standing somewhere in the shadows, you'll find Jesus. Sounds like Jesus is a peeper. Hey, Jesus, where you at? Let me close my blinds. Right? Hallelujah. Pass me not, O blessed Savior. He's not going to pass you by. I, I, as great as the miracle of the woman with the issue of blood touching Jesus' garment, as great as that was, and as great as the principles of faith we can gather from that, I have a better covenant than she had. I'm not reaching out to touch Jesus. Jesus is in me. Jesus touched me at eight years of age and never quit touching me. I am healed and whole because I have that healing virtue in me. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Do, do, do you see that? Reach out and touch the Lord as He goes by. 
You'll find he's not too busy to hear your heart's cry. He's passing by this moment your needs to supply. Well, that's true, and and that part of it's good. But don't reach out and try to touch him. Don't say in your heart, I got to ascend and bring him down or descend and bring him up. The word is in me. You see what I'm saying? So even old was fleshly. New can be fleshly, but old was fleshly. I'm talking about spiritual. Not old, not new, spiritual. Things of the Spirit come out of the Spirit. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Do you see that? And you can hear a song that's from the Spirit and something happens. Not just a feeling, it ministers to you. Oh, glory be to God. Amen. Because there's things of the flesh and things of the Spirit. Amen. And, and you're what? I'm not really talking about praise and worship. I'm talking about prayer. But you'll, you'll watch sometimes in church. And people will hear, you'll watch people. And they'll hear a certain song. And they'll be kind of like. But boy, then that first lick of their favorite song. And they'll hit it. And then on the chorus, they're just. Why, why are they jumping? Because it's spiritual or because they like the beat or they like the. Right? And listen, I jump and run. I'll, I'll, I'll be right there with you. But here's the thing. Is it the flesh or is it the spirit? Well, I just felt like dancing. I understand that. But there's dancing in the flesh and there's dancing in the spirit. Right? Now, don't, don't, don't make the excuse for never doing anything in church because I want to make sure the spirit's moving me. The Spirit doesn't have a cattle prod. He's not going to come, you know. Smith Wigglesworth said, if the Holy Ghost doesn't move, I move him. And I know that's not always appropriate. But the thing that I'm saying is there's things of the flesh and things of the Spirit. What are we trying to be? People of the Spirit. The Word and the Spirit. The Word and the Spirit. Are you with me? So, glory. The things of God, the things that God desires, are born of the Spirit. Hallelujah. Now, the things of God are by prayer, but they're by God's will and God's time. They're by prayer, but they're by God's will and God's time. Now, religion will take that and go too far with it. Well, when it's God's time or when it's God's will. And then they just don't do anything. And so they'll, they'll, they'll look at Dietrich over here and say, well, you know, when the Lord's willing, he'll do it for you. Right? Well, it is by God's will and by God's time, but it's also... By prayer. 
In other words, it's by God's will and God's time, but God sets the will and the time through prayer. Notice in 1 Kings 17. Hallelujah. Oh, I believe God. I've talked to people before and they say, well, that didn't happen. Must not have been God's will. And if you say, well, did you pray? Well, no. Why would I pray? I mean, God promised it. Listen, if <laughs> it doesn't matter who you get a word from. If you're, you're reading through the scriptures and you see something that pertains to your life, you want to pray about it. I've watched people say, well, I claim that. That's how it is. And close their Bible and move on. No, it's not. That's not how it is. It's in the Word. It belongs to you. It can be how it is. But I've got to do something. Because I've got to birth that into my life. Hallelujah. See, this is, this is, this is part of it. He says, 1 Kings 17 and verse 1, And Elijah the Tishbite, who was of the inhabitants of Gilead, Said unto Ahab, as the Lord God of Israel lives before whom I stand, there shall not be dew nor rain these years, but according to my word. Not be dew nor rain these years, but according to my word. Now, in James 5, the New Testament gives us some insight. Notice what James says. James 5 and 17 and verse 18 as well. Elias, or Elijah, was a man subject to like passions as we are, and he prayed earnestly. Earnestly. He, the Hebrew idiot, uh, 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 idiom there is he prayed in prayer, or he prayed in prayer, that it might not rain, and it rained not on the earth by the space of three years, and he prayed again. And the heaven gave rain and the earth brought forth her fruit. The Woos Bible says he prayed fervently that it might not rain. So it wasn't just a confession. It wasn't just asking. What I have found in uh, our circles at times is people will take their confession list into their prayer time and go through their confession list and call that prayer. Your confession should be involved in your prayer, but it's not prayer. It's your confession. It's what you're declaring about yourself. Amen. Faith is coming by you hearing that. But at some point, what you have faith about has to be birthed. I, I, I taught last Wednesday about renewing your mind. And, and I talked in there about how James chapter 1 says that you need to be renewed in the spirit of your mind. And then he goes into the teaching on being a hearer of the word and not a doer. And the context is renewing your mind, saving your soul. There, there are believers that see that in the word. Yeah, you got to be renewed in your mind. You know, be renewed in your mind. Don't, don't be transformed. Be, be, don't be conformed. Be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Well, James tells us how to renew our mind, receive with meekness the implanted and grafted word that can save your soul. And he says, don't be a, do- a hearer of the word, but be a doer. So I've got to take what I'm hearing and do what I'm hearing so that the process of mind renewal can be complete. 
So I've got to hear what God said, declare what God said, but then I've got to birth it in my life. God came to Elijah and said, here's what you need to do. You need to go tell Ahab it's not going to rain until you say so. Amen. Amen. Well, what did he do? According to James, he prayed. When, when the first king says he said, he prayed. He prayed. What did he pray? That it would quit raining for three and a half years. That's what he prayed. So evidently for it to stop raining for three and a half years, it was raining. And it stopped. Because somebody birthed the stop into the earth. Right? Remember God sets the will and the time. What was the time? What was the will? Three and a half years. What if Elijah wouldn't have prayed? Now it sounds simple, but think about it. So churches will say, I don't know what's wrong. I can't reach my city. We can't grow. We Why? Be- be- because nothing's being birthed. God gives churches cities but he expects churches to birth it. Amen. 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 I've talked to people before and said, well, I'm just, I've talked to pastors, well, I'm just resting. He said, wherever my soles of my feet touch. Well, man, where's, your, where's the soles of your feet touching? As far as I can see, it goes nowhere but from your house to church. I got to get out and I got to birth something. Am I helping you? Yes. So he said he prayed again. And the heaven gave rain. Now, look at 1 Kings 18. Understand that what it took is what it will always take. First Kings 18, verse 42. Or start in verse 41. Elijah said to Ahab, get up, eat, drink, for there's a sound of abundance of rain. Now right there, charismatics are shouting and, and, and calling their neighbors and contacting Charisma magazine to see if they can get in it. Woo! Rain's coming. Woo! I smell it. Woo! I hear it. Uh, verse 42. So Ahab went up to eat and drink. And Elijah went up to the top of Carmel and he cast himself down on the earth and put his face between his knees and said to his servant, go up now, look towards the sea. And he went up and looked and said, there's nothing. And he said, go again seven times. Do you see this? Is, did he hear the sound of rain? Then why did he pray? Because it's not just going to happen. You'll hear people say, Whoo, God's doing something in the earth. God wants to do something in the earth. He does. And He needs His people to birth it. Amen. Needs us to birth it. Do you see this? Notice the servant was going and looking and he went seven times and all seven times... The prophet was praying. Yeah. 
Hallelujah. See, there are things that were birthed into cities and things that were birthed into states and nations that if the present generation doesn't pray and pick them up, they can be lost. If uh, when you read in the book of Genesis, you don't have to turn there, you can write it down. When you read in Genesis 26, 18, it says that Isaac went and redigged again the wells that his father Abraham had dug because the Philistines had stopped them up. This is a symbol of prayer. There are things that have to be dug. There are things that have to be prayed out. There are things that have to be birthed into the earth. And, and, and anytime you have a group of people that, that is not made aware of the responsibilities they have to birth things into the earth, then you've got a church that ultimately will miss what God wants to do. Glory to God. So he prayed to stop the rain, and he prayed to start the rain. God needed someone to pray. Tell your neighbor, God needed someone to pray. See, the goal of the devil, the goal of our enemy, is to have control over a city because a city consists of people. This is important. God, when, when, when someone comes to a city and starts a church, why are they doing it? Now, you can, you can have different ideas. I mean, I believe you're taught right, so you understand why churches are started in cities. But very often, people just start churches to expand. And if you just start a church to expand, then you've done it for the wrong reason. You've done it for a fleshly reason. Amen. Satan wants to control cities... Because a city consists of people. 2 Corinthians chapter 4. Verse 3. If our gospel be hid or covered, it is hid or covered to them that are lost. In whom the God of this world blinded the minds or obscured the minds or darkened the minds of them which believe not, lest the light of the glorious gospel of Christ, who is the image of God, should shine unto them. So his desire is to blind the minds of people so that the gospel is hidden or veiled or covered and then their hearts become hardened to the things of God. That's his desire. It's the job of the believer, it's the job of the church through prayer to bind the strong man and see the vision of God for that city, see the vision of God for that uh, uh, church to prevail. Hallelujah. My pastor said this. He said, when you're praying for your city, he said, there's two battlefields that you got to deal with. you got to deal with the spiritual battlefield and the natural battlefield. And, and we're going to deal primarily with the spiritual, but watch the natural battlefield. Well, the natural battlefield is not people. The natural battlefield is things like character, integrity, honor, all right, how you love your city, how you care about the people in your city. All right, if, if a church 
And the people in that church and the leaders in that church, if they have no character and they have no integrity, they're losing the battle on the natural field. And it doesn't matter what's going on spiritually, you cannot override natural things, natural issues in your life just because you're spiritual. Nobody can harm your character but you. You're the only one. And so when a, church, when a church is operating in character and they're operating in honor and integrity, and that's not what I'm teaching on today, that's the natural battlefield. Well, there's the spiritual battlefield as well, which obviously is prayer. The spiritual battlefield is in the area of prayer, binding strongholds. Everybody say, binding strongholds. A stronghold is a lie that's been implanted in the minds of people and cities and governments. It's like a prison designed to keep people locked in. Satan has captured their minds and keeps them locked up with deception. Hallelujah. See, that, that's, that's what's worked so well for the enemy in the past, deception. So the church has to pray that that deception, the, the Bible says that we should pray that the light of the gospel would shine to them. Amen? Why? Because they're deceived. When, when you see unbelievers doing things that you can't believe anybody would do, they're doing it because they're deceived. Hallelujah. When, when, when you see people buying into all this transgenderism and, and uh, 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 binary stuff and, and you know now they've got uh, what they call thruples where you've got uh, uh, three people and, and you know they're raising kids and they're, they're not assigning a gender to them, and right? People say, oh, that's horrible. That's deception. Amen. That's deception. Yeah. Now, wait a minute. Whose job is it? To break that. In our cities, in our state, in our nation, ultimately in our world. Now, people will say, well, is everybody going to get free? No, everybody's not going to get free because everybody won't believe. But that doesn't stop us from birthing these things in the Spirit. We don't birth what God wants because everybody's going to listen. We birth it because that's what God wants. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Well, what is that? Deception. Well, you know, it's the government. No, it's not. It's deception. It's deception. You got to stick with the word where your praying is concerned. I could say it this way. For we wrestle not against the president and Congress and Senate. We wrestle not against our governor. We wrestle not against our city government. Hallelujah. Yeah, but we just need another president like, no, we need to pray. Here's, oh Lord, I'm going to say this and I'll probably get in trouble, lose all my friends. But here's, here's the thing. A lot of times Christians want to pray in somebody that believes just like them so it's easy on them. Then that way there's no push. And what you hear Christians doing now is, Oh my Lord, can you believe they're doing this? What did you expect? 
If you, are, if you go buy a house and there are signs all over the fence, beware of dog. Vicious dog. Right? Ring bell. Do not enter gate. I declare I'm not afraid of no dog. And you just walk through the gate. Oh! Your dog bit me. What did you expect? Look at the signs. We told you, don't ring the bell. What would you have done if you would have rung the bell? Birthed an answer. And avoided the dog. When we're praying, it doesn't matter what they're doing. Something's happening in the spirit realm that can offset what they're trying to do in the natural. I'm all about being up on what's going on. I understand that. But but Christians freak out. Christians are the most freaking out group of people that I've ever seen in my life. Everything. I mean, it's it's just, you know, it's it's everything's going wrong. No, No, everything's going right. The Bible says that as we pray and we pray in the Spirit, we know that all things work together for our good to them that love God and are called according to His purpose. As we pray for our president and our leaders and those in government, the Bible says we will lead a quiet and peaceable life in all godliness and honesty. I can't help what they're doing in the sense that they're natural. But I can birth something in the Spirit. Am I helping you? Hallelujah. Oh, glory. Mm. So he says... They have to be pulled down. Those strongholds have to be pulled down. Look at 2 Corinthians 10. Am I helping anyone? Amen. That, and, 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 and you know, that goes for your family. That goes for people, friends, people that you may be praying for. You're not dealing with flesh and blood. And, and hear me. If you've got a family member that's in addiction, addiction is not the problem. It's the spirit behind the addiction. It's not the addiction. And I've had people talk to me, well, you know, it's that, that old meth is the problem. No, it's not. It's the spirit behind it. Amen. 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 And, and, and there's no meth devil, but there's a devil that uses meth. Right. Right. If you've ever seen anybody use meth, you know the devil uses it. Yeah. It's the devil. Yeah. Yeah. You've got to deal with their, that spirit. You've got to deal with their thinking. Yeah. Hallelujah. Do, do, do you understand what I'm saying? Have, have you? Ever, I've known people before. Lord, I'll say that. I've known people before that man. They were just. They had a great life. I mean, you'd go to their house and it'd be sparkling clean, and and they they would get involved in something. You know, some type of addiction, whatever it was. And I mean. You know, everything just falls apart. You go in their house and it's filthy. I mean, they don't care how they look. Why? That's the devil. There's a reason the Bible calls the devil an unclean spirit. Because he wants to dirty everything up. He wants to ruin everything. He doesn't want a peaceful city. He doesn't want a peaceful neighborhood. Amen. 
That's why when you bought your house where you bought it, it was just his tough luck. Your neighborhood now belongs to God because you are there. And my home is a cathedral of praise, a light to my neighborhood. Amen. Amen. And when I pray for my neighbors, I don't say, God bless my liberal neighbor over here, and Lord help him stop being a dumb liberal. Help, right? No, and right? Lord, bless my neighbors. Father, help me be a good neighbor to them. Help me birth revival in my neighborhood. Father, help me birth a Bible study in my neighborhood. Help me birth something into this neighborhood. Lord, I don't care if they ever come to my church. Open up the door for me to speak to them so their minds will be unblinded and they can see God. Hallelujah. Do you see that? 2 Corinthians 10 and verse 3. Though we walk in the flesh, we do not war after the flesh. So get a hold of that. As good as things might be in some areas. We're still not doing this after the flesh. Right? Why? For the parenthetical statement, this is important that you realize this. Verse 4 is a parenthetical statement. He says we do not war after the flesh. Then he explains why. Four. The weapons of our warfare are not carnal. They're not fleshly, but mighty. This is important. Fleshly weapons are not mighty. Anything you can do in the flesh, here it is, it's going to be really enlightening, is not of the Spirit. They're not carnal, not fleshly, but mighty. Notice, through. Now help me, what kind of word is through? Anybody know? Wouldn't it be a preposition? Because it denotes where something's coming from. Right? It's like if somebody comes into your house and they say, where is the remote control at? Behind the preposition at. A little grammar humor. Very little. Right? So, so notice the answer is in front of the word through and behind the word through. The weapons of our warfare are not carnal. Present tense, are not right now carnal. But right now, they are mighty through God. To the pulling down of strongholds. That word strongholds is reasonings. It's arguments. All right, to the pulling down of those strongholds, those arguments that people have. Right now in our city, people are arguing in their mind. The enemy's arguing in their mind, playing his game, stating his case. You don't need anything to do with God. You don't need any do with anything to do with the church. You're fine here. That's an argument that's going on in their mind. And it's creating a stronghold for them, for their family, for their grandkids. And God says we have the answer to pull down that stronghold. We have the answer. Am I helping you? Notice verse 5. Casting down imaginations. Now, if you take out the, car, the parenthetical statement and read verse 3, we, though we walk in the flesh, we do not war after the flesh. Go to verse 5. Casting down imaginations. He's telling us how to do it. Amen. Casting down. It's the Greek word kata, K-A-T-A. 
It means to come down forcefully upon. It means to grab it and throw it to the ground with some kind of force. It is intentional. It's something that people know you mean business. I'm not thinking that. But notice, he's talking about strongholds in people's lives. And when the church starts birthing things in the Spirit... People that we're praying for, cities that we're praying for, family members that we're praying for, those thoughts that they're thinking, that the the Spirit begins to help them, and they start grabbing those thoughts and slamming them to the ground. For a brief moment, they're in their right mind. They can understand and figure out what God wants to do. Something's being birthed in the Spirit realm. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God and bringing every thought into captivity to the obedience of Christ. Hallelujah. Do you see that? Through prayer, we'll pull those things down. Well, I don't know what else to do but pray. Don't put prayer in that category. Like your last resort. It's the first answer, the second answer, the third answer. It is the answer. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. You know, all of us, if, if you grew up around praying people, there were, listen, there were people that if they put your name on their prayer list, just ship your saddle home. It's done. You're, you're, it's going to change. Because they're not going to let go till it does. Amen. Amen. And, and, and what we've ran into so much, and, and I'm not saying you, but just people, we've ran into this thing of I claim and it's mine. There it is. I got it. And just moving on. Well, that's a principle of faith. But there's other things in prayer that are involved. You can say, Jesus said to say, I believe I receive. But then he said, when you pray, believe that you receive. Am, am I helping you? So yeah, I claim it, I have it, I got it, it's mine. I claim my child's salvation. They're born again by right and by virtue of the promise that I have in the Word of God. But then I keep praying that that mind-blinding influence will be taken out of their life. So that they can walk out what I know they are. Amen. Ephesians 6 and 12. So... Claim it and then pray it. Pray it out. Am I helping you? For we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against. That word against is right up in their face. It means an eyeball to eyeball, face to face confrontation. Against principalities, powers, rulers of the darkness of this world, spiritual wickedness in high places. The kingdom of Satan we see here has rank and order. All control comes from Satan himself and he delegates through the following. Now this is not what I'm teaching on but I'm going to mention it briefly. He delegates through principalities. This word principalities is used to denote something ancient. Ancient times. So in other words, these are beings that have held their position probably since the fall of Lucifer. Ancient times. They've been around a long time. All right, they're working in the earth. They've been around a long time. This is important because nobody in here is ancient. Ever how long you live, you'll never be ancient. 
These are spiritual beings that have been around since whenever Lucifer fell. And what have they been doing since that time? Watching people. Learning how people work. Learning the best way to confuse people. You, you better listen to me when I'm saying this this morning. Because, because people try to have a little dabble do your prayer life and they're dealing with beings that have been dealing with people for ages. They're dealing with, with entities that are doing everything they can do to keep that person blinded to the gospel. Well, save them, Jesus. God bless them. That's not, that's not how it works. Then he says principalities. Then he says powers. Is that right? This is the word delegated authority. So these beings have received delegated authority from Satan to uh, 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 all kinds of evil, spread it in whatever way they desire. And it's delegated authority, delegated power. Then he says rulers of the darkness of this world. This is that word that depicts raw power that's been harnessed and put into some kind of order. It carries the idea of young soldiers that, have, that they have a lot of power, they have a lot of energy, they have a lot of strength, but you've got to take them and you've got to put them in boot camp and you've got to harness that energy so that they can be a fighting force and not just, not just a, a hit or miss. The church has to learn something, that Satan is organized. He's not just doing this thing willy-nilly. He's organized. He knows what he's doing. And, 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 and for the church, for the church to combat that, I, I taught on this in, in Bible school. There, there, there are, Satan is absolutely, now I'm not bragging on him, I'm telling you, he is absolutely committed to the destruction of people in our lives, of our cities, of our state, of our nation, of our world, and you got people that can't come to church two Sundays straight in a row, and they expect to defeat the devil who is committed to their defeat every day that he exists. And they go through periods of time when they don't pray, and then when something happens, they get up and they pray real heavy, but then they get an answer and they back off. Listen, here's something that you got to do. You are a believer. Your job, your work is to pray. Your job, your work is to seek the Lord, to intercede, to be in God's face about what we desire in the earth. You get up every morning and you do work. Every morning. Because that's my job. Hallelujah. Say it out loud. I am an intercessor. I am a prayer warrior. I am making a difference. Hallelujah. Do you see that? Hallelujah. Glory to God. I'm helping you. Then he said spiritual wickedness in high places. This word wickedness, it, it just means this. It means something bad. Something vile, something malignant. We know something malignant is not good. Something vile is not good. We don't use that word, but it's the strongest term that can be used in the Greek. This is vile. This is malignant. So you've got vile, malignant, just, just wicked, bad spirits that are trying to keep people blinded. Amen. And the church is in charge 
of stopping it. Amen. Hallelujah. Say, I'm in charge of stopping this. Amen. I've had people say, well, Pastor, you know, that's a lot of pressure on people. No, 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 it's not pressure. It's our job. It's our job. You know, listen, if you don't want to have the pressure of having kids, don't have them. Because once you got them, it's on. Right? I'll talk to people before they get married and they say, oh, we want six kids. You a fool. Raja, I thought I... Now, don't misunderstand me. If, if that's what you want, there, there are people that, that love that. And, and listen, I can't say much. I got five. Right? So I know that of which I speak. Amen. You got, you got five kids. Your life's over, Jack. Amen. You, you understand what I mean by that? Your life is not your own. You are bought with a price. <laughs> this one needs this and this one needs that. Amen. Hallelujah. And you're trying to cook dinner and work over here and do this over here. And you, you understand what I mean? If you don't want to deal with the devil, just be lukewarm and cold and ineffective. And you won't have to deal with him. If, if, if you don't want to deal with the devil, just be fleshly. Just pray. Now I lay me down to sleep. Pray the Lord my soul to keep. Lord, bless everybody. Bless all, all, all my family, me and my wife, my son Jim and his wife, us four and no more. And the devil will leave you alone. But he won't leave you alone because you stopped him from doing anything. He'll leave you alone because you're not a threat. Amen. I'm not, I'm not being hard. I'm not. I'm, I'm, what, I'm, what I'm saying is, is, is just like if you don't, if you don't want the pressure of, of providing for a family, you better, number one, don't get married, and number two, don't have no kids because the pressure's on, right? Everyone that you see coming along, you're thinking, I wonder if they want to go to college, and I wonder what I got to do for them, and, and here's shoes for him and clothes for him and pants for her. Amen. And, and then, my Lord, then you have a little girl and you have a little princess. And then she learns that when she goes to the store that she's supposed to shop and, and like nice things. And everything that glitters or sparkles or is pink or is pretty, I want it. Right? And they learn to work those eyes real quick. Please, Daddy. What do you want? My kingdom for my kingdom. What? Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Can you show us that one again? No, I can't. <laughs> but do, do you understand what I'm saying? So, so now, now, now the pressure is there to provide. But it's my job. The, right? 
The, the pressure is there for the church to do what we're called to do, but it's our job. It's our calling. We have the weapons to do it because the Bible says the weapons of our warfare are not carnal. They are spiritual weapons. And they, and they are best suited for the demolishing, for the destruction, for the absolute devastation of the kingdom of darkness. When the enemy runs up against a church that's praying, there's nothing he can do. In a matter of time, that city will be set free. That state will be set free. That nation will be bought by the blood of Jesus. Why somebody is praying. Amen. Woo, I'm glad I came to church today. Through that activity, the plans of the devil are carried out in a city. Entire cities can be held captive if believers fail to pray. But rather than see cities in this kind of deception, God has raised up believers and churches that will stand in the gap and intercede. Notice Genesis 18. A very familiar verse, but we'll read it. Verse 23, this is when uh, the Lord was talking to Abraham about Sodom and Gomorrah. And notice verse 23, Abraham drew near and said, Will you also destroy the righteous with the wicked? Well, he was praying for his nephew. Wait a minute. Peradventure there be 50 righteous in the city. Will you destroy and not spare the place, the city, for the 50 righteous that are therein? Was he focusing on the 50 righteous or the city? City. So, yeah, Lot was in his mind, but he had compassion for the city. Is that right? When God sent uh, Jonah to Nineveh, of course we know Nineveh uh, or Jonah had a little problem with that. Right, And he he went through the city and preached. And the Bible says that the people with one accord gave heed to what he said and repented. That's what God wanted. That's why God sent Jonah. Right? What did God tell Jonah at the end of that book? He said, how is it that you care about a gourd that you had nothing to do with it growing up and you had nothing to do with it with its growth or its life and you don't care for this whole city? That's full of people that don't know their right hand from their left hand. The people that are blinded by the enemy, they don't know they're blinded by the enemy. They don't don't know where their life's going to end up because of what they're doing. There are families today that are sitting at home and have nothing to do with God, nothing to do with church. And that that dad does not know that he's putting his family on a a road that's going to lead them to destruction. That mother doesn't know that she's putting her family on a road that's going to lead to destruction. How do we change that? We pray. We pray for the families in our city. We pray for the families in our nation. We pray for our neighborhoods. God, let the glorious gospel, the light, shine into these neighborhoods. Father, if I'm the person that needs to be the one to share it, I'll do it. But Father, send them the word. Father, send it over television. Send it over radio. Send it to them somehow, God. Podcast, Facebook. Dear God, use that demonic Facebook. Use it, Father. Amen. Amen. Well, Pastor, that seems too simple. Know your tools when you know how to use them. Somebody telling you how to use them can make it sound simple. Yeah. 
But you got you to stay with it. You got to stay with it. Hallelujah. Tell your neighbor, I'll stay with it. It's always been the praying believer that's changed the course of our cities. Always been. Satan has no authority to do what he does. But listen, he gets by with it because Christians don't make intercessory prayer a priority in their lives. So he gets away with it. A church has to understand their biblical command to pull down the strongholds that hold their city in bondage. Can't let it creep back in. <coughs> Can't let it creep back in. Amen. When, when we started the church here in this city, we recognized right away that, that, that racism, prejudice, was a strong man over this city. And we started praying against it. My wife and I started praying against it. Taking authority over it. Oh, yeah. And in, in, in the city museum, they had a whole area dedicated to the Ku Klux Klan. Not in a negative light either. Hallelujah. Up, way, way up into, into, into the early 1970s, there was a sign, signs on Main Street that said, if, if, if you're any other color than white, don't get caught on the street after dark. I was told that by people that lived here all their life. Well, that had to end. That had to end. Why? Because God promised me a multiracial, multicultural church. Amen. That's got to end. I said, that's got to end. That's got to end. We're praying against that devil in, in, in Little Rock. We're praying against that devil here. Racism will not have us. Prejudice will not have us. You won't have my city. You won't have my county. You won't have my state. Why? Because we're here. Amen. And you need to pray against it in your neighborhood. Amen. You need to walk your neighborhood and draw a bloodline around your neighborhood and declare this is where the presence of God resides. Your neighbors may not even know that they're having such peace in their neighborhood because of you, but it really doesn't matter. It's, it's, it's your job. It's what you do. The Bible, the Bible says that the righteous run through the cities and pray and praise and warn people to flee from the things that are coming. We got, we've got to take the authority and birth what God wants to birth into our nation. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Don't give up. Don't throw your hands up. Don't just coast for the next four years. Don't quit praying just because you're going to get a stimulus check next week. Well, pastor, that's a blessing. Right, God will use the wicked to bless the righteous. The wealth of the wicked is laid up in store for the, for the righteous. Take it, use it, bless people with it. But here's what I'm trying to tell you. Don't, don't, get, don't get lulled into this idea that just because they're doing some things that are good, that everything's okay. It's not okay. We've got to pray and make it okay. Hallelujah. I'm hurrying. Well, i got ten minutes. I better slow down. <laughs> Lester Summerall said, when you're praying for a city, if there's a strong man, pull him down. Pull him down. He went to the Hawaiian Islands to uh, uh, set up a television station. And uh, he was there on the big island in his hotel room. And he said all of a sudden, 
he said, the, the hair on the back of my neck stood up. And he said, I, the devil was in his room. And the devil spoke to him and said, I don't want you here. You leave. And he turned around and faced him. He said, I'm not going anywhere. I'm here to build a television station for Jesus. You leave. People say, well, what happened? He said, for 20 minutes, that presence lingered. But he had to leave. Why? Because Dr. Summerall had a right to be there. And, 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 and you know, we, we, we know things like that, and, 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 and we understand that, but notice how he dealt with it. No, I'm staying. You're going. Hallelujah. Do, do you see that? And a lot of times in, in, in the church, we just use the idea of our authority for us to get what we want. Your authority, first and foremost, was used to take care of the devil in the city that you live in. God gave Adam and Eve authority and dominion over the place where they dwelt. And he said, you make this thing what it needs to be. Get in your spiritual eye what you want your neighborhood to be and then get praying and make it that way. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Look at Ezekiel 22. Oh, glory to God. Hmm, hmm, hmm. Uh, 22 and verse 30. I sought for a man among them that should make up the hedge and stand in the gap before me, notice, for the land, that I should not destroy it, but I found none. But I found none. Now that's not a knock you over the head scripture, make you feel guilty scripture. That doesn't have to be the case. He's saying, God's saying through Ezekiel, I look for somebody to stand in the gap, make up the hedge that I should not destroy the land, but I didn't find him. Well, guess what? He found us. God wants to deliver the city into our hands for the preaching of the gospel. But we have to use our authority in the spirit. So that what? So that God will have a pathway to do what he wants to do in our cities. Do do, do you see this? Folks, you can have all the outreaches in your city you want. If you're not praying for the deliverance of your city... You can minister to people and give them food and help them out and and make them feel good, but you don't change anything. Hallelujah. I I had a person get upset. Well, you don't do anything for the homeless. Well, number one, you don't know what we do for the homeless. I've had, I've had people say that, and I want to pull out all the canceled checks from the church where we support a ministry that ministers to the homeless every day. And we support them very good, very generously. Amen. Matter of fact, we help make possible what they do. Amen. And they send us a nice recognition certificate every month, every year that tells us we're helping. Now, here's the point. I'm not justifying anything. What I'm saying, my job is to deal with things spiritually. 
If I start dealing with things spiritually, God will raise up people in our church that have a ministry in that, in that, in that area and with that group of people and will help make a change there. The job of the church is to pray and pray the Spirit of God into people's lives so they can see what God wants them to go do and they can go do what God called them to do and they do it with the spiritual backing of the church. Glory be to God. But notice what God wants. A pathway to what He wants to do in the city. If you ever minimize the importance of the local church, you, you take away the power to change a city. Amen. The power to change a city is not in one-on-one witnessing. Right. It's not in outreach. It's in what goes on in that church where prayer is concerned. And that's where people miss it, is is they want to go do their own thing instead of hooking up with the power source, which is the local church. Hallelujah. Because people say, well, God called that man to change this city. No, God called that church to change this city. We are going to do this. We are doing this. When, when I stand before God and He hands out the rewards, and I'm going to get some, I'm just going to turn around and pass them on back to y'all. Amen. Why? Because you helped do it. Yeah. And the Bible says the laborer is worthy of his hire. Yeah. David said the people that, 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 that went as far as they could go, he said they get part of it too. Everybody gets a part of what, every soul that gets saved, you're responsible for. Every person that gets healed, you're responsible for. Every family that's put back together, you get credit for it because you prayed about it. Amen. Amen. So it's not just the leader's responsibility. It's the responsibility of the body to not allow strongholds in their church. So when you're praying for your church, you're not just praying for the people in the sense that, that, well, Lord, bless them. Lord, don't let strongholds be built up in the minds of the people in our church. Because a city loses their, a, a church loses their potency when strongholds are built up in the minds of the people. You understand? If you are serious about reaching your city for God, you won't come into the church on Sunday and just park on a chair for a while to be entertained. Instead, you'll have a vital part. A vital part. Folks, I'm, I'm going to say this, and, and, and I'm about to close. i got a, a, just a couple minutes. And, and, and I'm going to speak to, to all of our parents. This is not a time for your church, your, your, fam- your, church, your family to see you backing up and letting off. Amen. Your children should not dictate to you when you come to church. You take your kids to church. We go to church on Sundays and Wednesdays. 
You know, if, if you can, I understand that there's people that can't. But you've got to determine, is it that I can't or I won't? Because if I can't, it's one thing. But if I won't, well, you know, little Susie, she don't want to go to church on Wednesday. Well, when did little Susie become the parent? Do you realize that's rebellion? Let me come over here. Do, 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 do you realize that? That's rebellion. When a child says, I don't want to go to church on Sunday, and you stay home, you just gave in to rebellion. Well, pastor, I don't like that. It makes no difference. It's, it's what do you want to see in the life of your child? What do you want to see in the, in the makeup of your family? I have a responsibility. Where the word's concerned. Hallelujah. Do, do, do you understand that? And, and here's the problem with giving into rebellion. When you give into rebellion, you give into the devil. Because that's where rebellion comes from. Right? Those children need to be under the word that's being preached by myself and Pastor Michelle. They need to hear what's being said in children's church and the nursery and detour, but they need to hear what the head of this church is saying. Because it, it makes an impact on their lives. Amen. Well, pa Pastor, why is that so important? Because what's being said over this pulpit is what God is wanting to do in the lives of the people that come to this church. Are you following me? And at some point, I've got to stand up and say, I'm going to be the man or the woman of God that God called me to be and lead this family, not just in this idea that church is good, but we need to go to church. Amen. Amen. I lost some of y'all, but it's still okay. You understand? Because, because this, this is where those seeds are planted. And don't tell me you can't do nothing with them. Amen. What, I got to make them go? Well, you should never let it get to that point. Amen. This is what we do. And, and it sounds old school and it sounds harsh. But as long as you're living here, we're going to church. Once you can do whatever you want, you do what you want. But as long as you're here, that's right. We're going to church. Why? Why? The time's short. I said the time's short. Do you believe Jesus is coming? I said, do you believe Jesus is coming? You believe that? You really believe that? Then your family needs to be in church more than it's ever been. Because the Bible says that, the, that, that we need to increase the times that we come together even more as you see the day approaching. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And, that, and that's what we're praying. Pastor Michelle and I are praying 
not for an excitement, for a drive for people to join together. Folks, don't misunderstand something. It's, it's, not, it's not about people for support. Last year, we had the best year financially we've ever had. It was amazing. And this year has started out the same way. So that's not the point. The point is there are things coming on the earth. There are things that Jesus said would come on the earth that nobody has ever seen. This pandemic that we just came through, that's a drop in the bucket. That's the beginning of sorrows. That's just the start. He said said there would be more things like that that come. You've got to be more settled on the things of God than you have ever been in your life. Because we got things to do. Hallelujah. Do you believe that? Well, stand up this morning.